I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that introduces you to the leaders and visionaries who are changing our world. This story was originally broadcast as part of NHK World Japan's in-depth interview series, Direct Talk. Today, Anne Makosinski, a Generation Z inventor who made headlines as a teenager when she came up with a light source powered by human body heat. Anne encourages us all to be inventors, and she sets out a formula for how to do it. Notice a small, specific problem that lights a fire in your belly and focus on fixing it. Start small. It doesn't mean you won't ultimately have a huge impact. Anne reminds us that boredom is often the gateway to the most exciting and playful kind of creativity. She is also a great example of the move towards hyphenated careers, which makes so much more sense if we think about it. It's a much better fit with human beings. We're never one thing. We are layers and layers. We are multi-passionate, and that is a strength, not a weakness. How wonderful that our work and our careers can now reflect that. Enjoy listening to Anne, and I'll meet you on the other side. Lighting up the future with small inventions. At the age of 15, Anne Makosinski from Canada made a big splash when she invented a flashlight powered by body heat. Now she's working on an invention to help solve environmental problems. You don't need to be a science genius to do that, and you can solve or help someone at any age, no matter what your background is or your education level. Anyone can change the world at any age. Let's find out how. The main things that I would suggest to think about when you're starting to make an invention or some sort of future product is what kind of problem it's solving.、Um, to be as specific as possible, that it will offer more value than what currently exists,、um, and make it something that really. You know, you see a problem and it moves you, or it pulls on your heartstrings in some way, or you feel personally connected, because that's the kind of thing that you will want to pursue all the way till the very end. Anne says she is now interested in environmental issues more than ever. So, what inspired her? One day, while I was on the Arctic expedition, we stopped at a really small community. They have no real way to. Dispose of their garbage because, like, there's no trucks, there's no ships that come to pick everything up, and that really moved me, and that made me want to keep trying to eliminate batteries and small electronic devices that we use,、um, and just find a more green and sustainable way of living. I returned from the Arctic. Basically, I started working on these toys、um, that ran off of green energy. Well, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to stop global warming by making these toys. Not at all. I just hope the toys will help inspire the kids that are playing with it to become inventors in some form and to start solving and making things with whatever they can find from around the house and just solve problems that they see their parents or their friends encountering. Let's see how she applies green energy to her toys. My main inventions all use something called Peltier tiles, which are also known as thermoelectric generators. And basically, if my hand is the Peltier tile, and I cool one side of the tile and I heat the other side, 
I get a very small amount of electricity. Um, they all harvest heat that in some way would normally not be thought of to be harvested or would be lost. So for the flashlight, that's the heat of your hand that just naturally radiates if you're alive. And then for the coffee mug, it's just the excess heat of your hot drink that while you're waiting for it to cool off. The same Peltier element is used in the toy she is currently developing. They're not on the market yet, but she showed us a video of the prototype. So here is the bunny toy rosebud. There she is. There's the back with the pelty tile right there. And so if I put my hand on her, the eyes will light up as you can see. Put your hand on the back of the toy and the eyes light up and that's all from the heat within you, uh, which I think is kind of a magical experience. And then all the parts are interchangeable, so there'll be different kinds of animals and different ways that it'll work that you can plug in and customize your own toy. And it's just to help encourage kids to have a more inventive mindset, to realize that a lot of their electronics that they're perhaps using as a kid um, or just as a young person could be instead powered with alternative energy sources and to kind of get their minds thinking at a really early age, hey, like what if this worked with solar cells or with the heat of my hand or, you know, with kinetic energy instead. And so all of the toys are much more hands-on. You have to kind of develop a bit of critical thinking and problem solving with the toys. I think the earlier we tell kids that you can make a difference in the world, the better. Because a lot of the times with the way the educational system feels, it first feels like, okay, well, I need to graduate high school first before I can do anything. And I don't really think that's the case. And I think at any age, you can make something that could help other people. So starting to encourage that mindset and allowing kids to be even more creative is really important, I believe. To deliver such toys to many people, Anne is negotiating with companies to mass produce them. Her father helps her as the co-founder of her company. I think is if we can like make the parts as cheap as possible or use parts that are easier to order in bulk. Nobody else in the world would have this kind of product, so I think there's some uh, accessibility for having a higher price because of mm -hmm. the And how unique it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Pelty. Can you use a much smaller one and cheaper one? Yeah. I'm the boss, technically, but my dad's definitely a bit more organized than I am. I mean, there is a big difference between being an inventor versus being an entrepreneur. Um, so usually an inventor is someone who has an idea in their head and they make it into something physical in front of them that hopefully works. And then an entrepreneur is someone who takes that um, invention and makes it into a product and makes it commercially viable and puts it on the market to earn money. Honestly, if there's something that I could advise, it's make as many mistakes as you can while you're young and getting into the whole inventing and entrepreneur world because the more mistakes you'll make, the more you'll learn and not do those things again. Anne's interest in inventing developed at an early age, influenced by her parents. She was born in British Columbia in Canada in 1997. Her father, a Polish-Canadian who used to be a lab manager, holds several patents himself. Her Filipina mother is well-versed in the arts. The way they raised their daughter was unusual. 
my first toy was like a box of transistors and other electronic parts. And then from there, because I wasn't given many toys, I would take my hot glue gun and just garbage or whatever I could find from around the house and piece together my very first inventions. It's called invention, because that's the first one I made. Of course, never worked, but the idea of taking the resources around me and piecing them together to make something better or to, in this case, improve my situation of boredom as a child, kind of came very naturally. At the age of 15, she gained huge media attention when she invented a flashlight that runs on heat from the human hand. She started inventing this when she heard that one of her friends in the Philippines had failed at school. I asked why, and she said, oh, well, my family can't afford electricity right now, so I have no light to study with at night. And that really surprised me, so I decided to base my science fair project around her problem that year and create some sort of light source that wouldn't require any batteries. However, development was not an easy process. Using sunlight wouldn't work when the weather was bad. The hand-cranked powered version generated light that was bright enough, but it was too noisy to use at night. Keeping a candle burning to heat the Peltier element was not really practical. After a lot of trial and error, she turned to body heat from the hand or forehead to generate electricity. Um, that photo of me is me testing out a headlamp version of the flashlight that does not look cool. And I think it was holding the clock to measure the amount of time it was still lit. And I think it was also running around while testing the headlamp, so everyone in my neighborhood probably thought I was insane. Um, but I was having fun. The flashlight powered by heat from the human hand was initially inspired by her friend in the Philippines, but this invention made her realize something. Thank you. What I found out to my shock when I made the flashlight when I was 15 was, oh, this is for my friend in the Philippines who doesn't have any light to study with at night. And then I realized, oh, wait, there's millions of people around the world who don't have something as simple as light. This could also help them as well. And I think it's sometimes daunting for people to think, for example, how do I solve global warming? Because it's such a huge issue. And I actually think if you start at a smaller issue, that's something more specific. For example, you see some, a problem in your community or something that your friends or family are facing, um, and you try to solve that problem, there might be millions of people around the world that also experience that same problem. So it'll kind of snowball from affecting or helping just one person to helping many, many more. Um, so don't ever think that your idea is too small in that respect. The invention was born from a small idea to help her friend, but it could change the world. Her next invention, e-drink, was inspired by the small problems of her classmates. The idea for the e-drink came out of two problems I noticed. One was that my classmates' phones were always running out of battery, and also that their coffee was taking too long to cool down. So I kind of pieced those together, and I'd experimented with energy harvesting, so I thought, why not I try to do something with the Peltier tiles? And that's kind of how the e-drink came about. And, you know, all the electronics here that I used are really simple. You don't have to be an engineer to do that. So hopefully anyone who's watching can feel inspired that they too could go off and invent something that could help the planet in some way. 
With the recognition of these two inventions, Anne gained a lot of attention as a young genius. But that wasn't entirely good for her. I experienced a lot of symptoms that I, I would say are depression. It was very honestly intimidating to get a lot of attention for like what I thought was just very simple science fair projects when I was 15 and everyone was calling me, you know, like young genius, gonna save the world and all of that. And I think that kind of turned me off almost or made me very scared to invent new things. At that time, I felt really lost about who I was, who I was supposed to be because people expected a certain thing from me and what did I really want to do? Um, and it was a very difficult time and I have a lot of diary entries and like drawings that I made, you know, like things like that from that time period and it was a very dark place and I would cry a lot by myself and I didn't really understand why or what was going on. What I wrote here at the end, um, I give is to A, take risks and B, follow your passions. I did get a lot of press interviews. They would see like if I'm a whole circle, they would just ask like this amount of questions, like a tiny sliver, just this inventor person. But I had this whole like other half of my life, which was that I also loved film. Traditionally, we've always viewed art as a hobby and science as a career. So it never felt realistic for me to pursue going into film in any way. But I think now I'm like, I could do both. I could also invent, and I could also do film or, you know, whatever I end up doing. Besides inventing, Anne has been interested in film ever since she was little. After pondering on what she wanted to pursue the most when going to university, she turned down an engineering scholarship. Now she has left her parents and moved to New York to study film and screenwriting. I'm definitely very passionate about the combination of science and art and I believe that it is that crucial yet often overlooked combination of the humanities and technology that creates the best products, innovations, people, society and worlds of our time. And if you look back on people who were real change makers in the past, for example Leonardo da Vinci was this amazing painter but he was also inventing all the time and coming up with really cool concepts. And so I believe that for any invention or product that I make, it needs to be both aesthetically pleasing and beautiful and sleek, but then also work well. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of multi-hyphenates um, in my generation, which are people who are like writer, actor, director, scientist, ballet dancer, you know, like a bunch of different things that are totally different. And especially with robots and AI taking over the majority of kind of menial basic jobs, the main thing that's going to differentiate us and make us at least, you know, whoever you are stand out in the job market or whatever that may be, is if you have all these kind of eclectic different interests or passions. When we asked Anne to write her cherished motto, she started drawing. All right, so this is my slightly misshapen world of what I call the world of inventing. One is the inspiration, the need, the problem that you see that you want to fix. So that creates the base of the project and then building up to support it is your knowledge and hopefully research that you'll do on the subject to see what's already out there and what you can do to help solve that problem a little bit better. 
Three is creativity, bringing your own critical thinking and experiences into it, as well as four, resilience, keeping on going and trying to actually finish it. And hopefully five, you create a discovery, a whole new world for someone, a whole new product or invention. So these five things are definitely what I follow on any project and what I would call the world of invention. To see Anne's drawing, do watch this Direct Talk episode. The link is in today's show notes. It underlines that imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination limitless. I wonder what problems could be solved if we all put Anne's advice into practice. I love her reminder that it's through our mistakes that we learn the most. The growth mindset is something I talk to my children about all the time, but it's something that I don't always manage to put into practice myself too caught up on trying to be perfect. Let's set ourselves free from that perfection net and see what we can come up with. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript for this episode as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Do join us again for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.